Hi everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick. And you're listening to It Takes Two, the podcast where two people take two movies with the same plot or premise and watch and discuss them. And in this Christmas part two episode, we watched um, It's a Very Merry Muppet Christmas and It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. I almost screwed up the Muppet title. I was like, it's a very word (laughs) line. Very Merry Muppet Christmas movie. Yeah. Um... Both movies are centered around a character who wishes to never have been born and then lives with the, the how much good he does. Is that correct? Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. They're both, they both owe money, the money goes missing, um, their life gets screwed up, they think that people are better off without them and then they... Uh, they decide that they would rather not exist. Is that not accurate? Why are you looking at me like that? Sorry, though, it was just like, um, the what did the, what was the first bit you said? They both owe a lot of money. And After the, that. And the money goes missing somehow. After that. And their life gets screwed up. Yeah. They're turned upside down and they have to go live with their aunt and oh. family. <laughs> yeah, sure, that's what happens in both of these. Um, yeah, obviously very different movies, um, same plot premise, but the characters are very different, being one of them's Jimmy Stewart and the other one's Kermit the Frog. I mean, the same person, really. Yeah. There's some interesting consequences to Mm. them, uh, not existing, which we'll get into sooner rather than later. Maybe later. Who knows? (laughs) Um, obviously both centered around Christmas time. Um, for some reason the Muppets don't make any money. Like, there seems to be like an ongoing... Yeah, because the more recent Muppets movie, which which you have only seen recently, the one from like 2010 or whenever, around that time, you yeah. um, that's also about them, they're going to lose the theatre if they don't raise money and get... Sinister laugh. Yeah, sinister. Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tex Richmond's going to take over there. And in this case, it is Rachel Bitterman, played by John Cusack. Yeah. She's great, though. Yeah. She's great as a villain. Um, yeah, it's interesting. You, your, standard, your standard Muppets, your, your handful of uh, Muppets, um, lots of weird cameos, because it really shows the time. Like, Joe Rogan still hosting Fear Factor, and apparently in the alternative universe, what did he say, like 60% of television is now reality TV? I think it was 90-something percent. Yeah, yeah. It's without like, Kermit the Frog. And it's funny because I've listened to, like, um, why Joe Rogan stopped doing Fear Factor. It's because he was literally like, the stunts are going to start killing people, like, we can't do this. Mm. And then it got chit-canned, and then it came back with Ludacris, I think. Ludacris took over? I um, For, like, a weird extra season, and they were like, oh, shit, we're going to kill some people, like, if we keep doing this? Because what else do you do to people? Like, you've already made them drink things that I won't mention. Mm. Um, liquids made from animals. Um, and... Throwing them out of helicopters, like what else? What else can you really do to people? Yeah, I don't know. They did a lot of weird shit in that too. Yeah, um, I mean, that kind of stuff was really popular at that in that time period. This is two thousand and two. Yeah, so that was like the height of like every year had a different Survivor season. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Survivor is one I was thinking of was was big. Yeah. I mean, nowadays you still have I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Uh, I think Survivor's still going as well. I think TV... But the, reality TV in general has turned into, like, Love Island and that kind of shit. Yeah, it's also, like... Uh, I know Big Brother, which was the first season that was shot, which was the Australian one that was shown in New Zealand, was, like, super popular. Mm. And then the second season kind of flopped because they had a bunch of weird things that happened... Like someone got thrown out of the house, and if they were spoke, like the even the name of the person was spoken, they'd get in trouble. There was a dude who taped his mouth shut and refused to participate in protest to like asylum seekers or something because Australia. Uh, no offense, your most Australian people are 
normal, but like some of the things your government tends to do and then defend being like, well, we don't have concentration camps in Australia. Um, you know. That might not even be true, to be honest. Yeah. Well, there was that, what was that movie? The movie with the lady. The, the Netflix series. Yeah. Um, I literally, I can't think of the name of it. I watched it all, but it's, yeah, it was about, it was uh, based, based on a true story, I believe, about um, a woman who was actually Australian and ended up in one of those yeah, camps. and that was when the media was like, "Oh, these things exist," and it's like, "Yeah, yeah these it, things exist," and and one of the people in it is a white Australian lady who's yeah. ended up stuck in here. Um, it was she was mentally unwell, yeah. and escaping a cult, and then pretended to be German and ended up in a camp uh, in the middle of the desert with a whole lot of immigrants who were there for a very long time and not being let out. Well, in Australia, yeah. Um. You are, were, I think were, until COVID, the richest country in the world. Really? Yeah, it's because of their mining. Oh, that makes sense, I suppose. Because if, like, if I went to Gold. invest in silver in New Zealand, you buy Australian. Mm. Um, which I almost did before we got in a relationship and bought this place. Would have been a good idea, apparently. The stocks in those went way up. Yeah, the, but that's, they always <laughs> go way up. That's the thing about precious metals. Like, the more you dig out of the ground, the more they're worth. Um, we're going completely off track here. Yeah, that's fine. Any point, any, any point? What is wrong with me today? Anyway, um, it's obviously there's, there's, you get the supporting cast, which is, um, a kind of really important, I think, for a Muppet movie, because one of the big draws for Muppet movies is because of the name Muppets and, um, how big of a legacy, uh, Jim Henson uh, made mm -hmm. you get a lot of weird celebrity cameos and yeah. the other one that was really weird and out of place but only existed in that time frame was the the main cast of scrubs <laughs> yeah, the, because the whole... miss piggy when she leaves is now on like main main what is it no uh what's it called the uh, uh mainstream no um Primetime. Primetime television. Right. But right. she's playing a corpse and she's just yeah. like, no, I'm going to live and do this. And they're like, no, get, get out of here. Yeah. Kermit comes to rescue her. Yeah, I do love that. Like, she's like, I'm going to go to Hollywood and be a star. And then she's like a bit part on Scrubs. Yeah, as a corpse. But um, Daisy Ryder played a corpse. That was her big, like... Who's that? Ray from... Oh, Daisy Ridley. D Ridley. What did I say? Ryder. Ryder. I don't oh, know. You're mixing up with Winona Ryder. Yeah. <laughs> um, who was not in Star Wars, but in Star Trek. Was she? Yeah, she plays Spock's mum in the Kelvin timeline, um, which is also really ruthless because, like, Zachary Quinto is only, like, two years younger than her. Anyway. Um, that happens all the time, though. It's like, you know, back yeah. to the future where... Do you want to talk Marty's about... Marty's mum is younger than... We're going to talk about weird age. Let's talk about Jimmy Stewart and most of the cast. How old were old people, like, normal people in, like, the 1920s? So, Jesus Christ. So, it's set between 1919 and 1945. Yeah. And Jimmy Stewart plays George Bailey from the age of 21 to the age of 38. And Jimmy Stewart was 38 playing a 21-year-old. Yeah, because he's sitting at the table. There's a scene where he's sitting at the table <laughs> having a conversation with his dad, who's the, the, like, partner and, like, manager of Bailey Home and... Bailey Homes and Loan? Yeah, Bailey Home, Home, Homes and Loan. Home Homes and Loan, I think. Home yeah. Alone, yeah. <laughs> Bailey Home Alone. Um, and, like, he's having a, like father-son conversation with his dad who only looks like 10, 15 years of like washing your face with lye older than Jimmy Stewart does <laughs> um, and Jimmy Stewart's got like full up like I have because I frown a lot I, I, I have the, the forehead wrinkles but mm -hmm. Jimmy Stewart had just like resting forehead wrinkle face yeah I mean in fairness to Jimmy Stewart, it's the first film he did after coming back from the war and he was suffering from PTSD. I, yeah, um, I'm not giving... I'm just saying it's just that the... Like, you can just... 
You don't buy him as a 19-year-old, or no. sorry, as a 21-year-old. No, yeah. no. It was just like, Dad, I'm going to go off to college, and I'm going to change the world. And he's like, Jimmy, you're not. You're going to look after the bank with me. And he's like, no, father. And it's like, he's got like at least 10 forehead wrinkles going on. Yeah. Um, like full cling on. Donna Reed, who played Mary... Also played Mary from the age because she's younger than him, so she's from the age of she's, eighteen. Yeah. So eighteen to forty-five, no, thirty-five, I guess. Is that right? Eighteen to thirty-five, and I think she, her actress was about twenty-five. So there's a much bigger gap than yeah. three years between the actors. There was a weird throwaway line. He's just like, "But last year you were seventeen, and I was like, "That's how time works, bro." Yeah. Um. <sighs> No, like, it's interesting because the the parts of A Wonderful Life, It's a Wonderful, it's a wonderful Life? Yeah, It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, that people remember is him wanting to die or never be born. And that happened at what time? Like an hour? An and, hour and 44 minutes in, I yeah. think. Um, literally, it was 25 minutes between that and the end of the movie. So you just have this hour and 45 minute lead up to why like this weird lead up of all the people in his life and then why he doesn't want to exist in in the Muppet movie you get an hour and it is just standard Muppets bonkersnism bonkersism yeah just you know the Muppets being Muppets um there was a weird there must be a cliche the weird selling your own precious item to give your friend a Yeah, I, that gift. is so funny because they, they're obviously like ripping on this trope, but it's not even like a trope anymore. So yeah. it must have been really popular at that time. Or but then Futurama did it. Right. Futurama did it in the Christmas episode. And that would be around the same time. It was around the same time. Futurama started in 99, didn't it? And this was 2002. What a weird trope. Um, yeah, so it's this, you know, I sold I sold my precious thing to buy you this gift. It's like, oh, but I... Sold the so, precious thing that that thing goes to to buy you this thing that goes to the thing you yeah, sold. Yeah, but it's funny because they do it in, and it's like Gonzo and Rizzo and Gonzo's bought him something for cheese and he's bought Rizzo's bought him something for, I don't remember what He sold his cheese collection to buy him a Petri dish for his exotic mould. And then Gonzo sold his exotic mold to buy a diamond-coated cheese cutter. Right. Um, But then the next one... um, Periodic table signed by Stephen Hawking for a microscope stand. But the one in return doesn't actually... Yes, it was like the weird... The weird James... James Dean? Dean Martin? Dean Martin Muppet? Who's a Dean Martin Muppet, Lisa? You're the Muppet King? Um, King of the Muppets? Oh no, I've forgotten. Jo- uh, Johnny something, is it? Johnny Guitar? No, now, now you've you've put me on the spot and I've forgotten that Muppet's name. Um. Johnny Guitar. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's... It, and he's just Johnny like, Fiamma. He just said, like... At least I remembered his name was Johnny. Yeah, fear. <laughs> um... And it's got like a gold record player, and he's just like, "Thanks." It just like goes back to singing, and it, uh, yeah, but, and he's just like, "What? What? You're supposed to have given up your favorite thing for me?" Yeah. Um, you're supposed to have like sold your record collection. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a um, yeah, it's it's a weird trope that I've found because I wasn't a huge fan of the Muppets. Um, and it's not like Lisa's convinced me to come around because none of these... And I'm not being rude to anybody who likes Muppets or mm-hmm. you. It's just, they don't grab me. It just seems like there's a little sloppy writing sometimes because they just seem to play perfectly. But there's some weird stuff which we'll go into, which um, I'm super excited about to go into. Yeah, there's some weird stuff. I was going to say this is post-Jim Henson as well. Oh, both yeah, this and, and Muppet Christmas Carol are. So have you seen any pre- or any, like, Henson-era Muppet movies? Can you name some of them? Um, the Muppet movie from the 70s. Muppets Take Manhattan. Great Muppet no, I've seen Taper. Jason Takes Manhattan. Yeah. You haven't seen the Muppet version? I think it's three. The Muppet version of Jason Takes Manhattan. 
Uh, it's directed by Frank Oz, actually, Muppets Take Manhattan. Oh, okay. Everybody enjoyed Muppets Take Manhattan. And we're well, like, have you seen any of the Muppet show? The TV series that I ran think for I decades? Must, I must have watched some of it at some point. Because I would have grown up watching a lot of the Muppet show. And yeah. that would be where like my prime Muppet knowledge comes from. <laughs> You're from the prime timeline of Muppets. Well, I mean, in fairness, the Muppet movies that I grew up on were Christmas Carol and Treasure Island, which are both post-Jim Henson. Yeah, so, I'd seen the Treasure, Treasure Island one several times in the past. I loved Muppet Treasure Island. I loved Tim Curry. Yeah. He's great in it. Yeah, he's yeah. just great. He's great in everything. Yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah, an hour into the, the movie, you get David Arquette turning up, who is... Well, he's, he's actually in it right near the beginning, right? And that was something I'd forgotten about both films. Is oh, that... yeah, because they did a weird rewind thing. Yeah, so in both films, it starts off with while the person is in trouble and then cuts to, like, the angels and God having a conversation and then the angel re-watching a bunch of stuff from that person's life and then going down and meeting them. Yeah. So they follow the same pattern there, uh, except that in... Um, it's a very... It's a, oh, my God. It's a very Merry Muppet Christmas easy, movie. It? <laughs> it's a very Merry Muppet Christmas movie. Um, David Arquette's character, Daniel, is the one who's watching this and figures out that Kermit's in trouble, and then he goes to his boss who's credited as Daniel's boss in the movie, Whoopi Goldberg, God. Strider, leave the door alone. I think it's the wind. I think it's Strider. Okay. Um, but yeah, so he goes to her and is like, Kermit's in trouble and gets her to watch back the last week or whatever. Yeah. Um, to see what's happened. Whereas in the other one, it's um, everyone in the neighborhood is praying for George Bailey. So God and uh, another angel are like, oh, I guess we got to send someone. And then they're like, whose turn is it? And it's yeah. Clarence. And then they're like, all right, Clarence, you got to learn about this guy. And they show him like a highlights reel of George Bailey's life, which is, as you said, about an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> His entire life previous to that point was an hour and 40 minutes long. Yeah, yeah. It's just the highlights reel. It's important. You know, you need to know that he saved his brother as a child so that you'll know, understand later why his brother died when he was never born and therefore the whole regiment of soldiers his brother saved in the war were never saved so they yeah. all died and you know but you're know. getting you're getting too far into it yeah yeah um let's talk about 9-11 hey <laughs> my so, favorite your favorite my favorite trip movie trivia yeah. of all time so in the sequence where uh, Kermit is now back well, he's not back he's in the alternate reality where he's never born mm-hmm. and he, you go around you meet all the Muppets that he's helped and honestly Gonzo's sleeping rough okay that's he's unsheltered it's not good um, who's the is it I was going to say Jimmy but it's not um, who's the one of them's a go-go dancer and seems to have been... Scooter. A, Scooter, it looks like he's having the time of his fucking life. What, in the cage? In the cage. He looked like he was having a blast. <laughs> um, I don't think that's what Scooter wanted to end up with. Scooter is so mild-mannered. See, here's the problem. Well, maybe he's only mild-mannered because, you know, debauchery and, <laughs> you know, maybe Kermit behind the scenes is a king shamer. No. You don't know. Um, the, the problem with um, the Muppet version of this that you don't get with It's Wonderful Life is It's Wonderful Life is a self-contained story. Yeah. So you see all of um, George Bailey's highlight reel of his life. The Muppet one, the highlight reel is all of the previously existing Muppet movies. Yeah. So if you haven't seen... (laughs) other Muppet movies. If I'm not up to Muppet lore. Yeah, if you're not familiar with Muppet lore, you're not getting what the changes are here. Like, you don't understand that Kermit met most of these Muppets living in rural America and brought them and, you know, brought them into the showbiz industry. Also shut down a chain of restaurants that used to Yeah, Doc Hopper's Frog Legs. KFC, but for Frog. Yeah, so Doc Hopper was, like, the main villain of the original Muppet movie in the 70s, and... Um, you know, to this version of the universe where Kermit never existed, that's like a popular food chain, and people see him as a frog and are like, "Oh, you know, you should be being served in yeah in in here, not out in the street." You know, 
Um, but you don't get all the nuances of, of that kind of stuff. Unless you're completely up to yeah up to pace I, on Muppet I just War. yeah I just think that there's a whole lot of stuff there that like expects you to have some background knowledge. I think it still works as a film without that. Yeah. But um, you're not getting like as whole a picture of what Kermit's life was because they kind of think that you might already know. Yeah. So let's get to Miss Piggy. Yeah. Miss Piggy is a crazy cat lady mm-hmm. um, who we you thought was a sex line worker I for had, a second. Yeah, because I'd forgotten. I hadn't seen this movie in a while, and there's a moment where like she tells Kermit that she's doing a lot of acting, but she does most of it from her home. Yeah. And then the phone rings, and she doesn't want to answer it. Yeah. And I was like, they didn't because there's been a there's way more innuendos in this movie than I remembered. Yeah. And I was just like, they didn't like make her. a a phone sex worker, did they? <laughs> but she was she she pretends to be a psychic on the phone. A what she does. Jamaican psychic. Yeah, and what I love is that she puts on a wig for it, even though it's on the phone. Well, yeah, little little not okay. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a bit of a weird. But yeah, folks at home, we come to the most important part. Through the window yeah. of Miss Piggy's apartment, mm-hmm. you can see the twin towers. Yep. This movie is set in 2002. Yep. Kermit the Frog. Caused 9-11. Now, in our reality, and this is the truth, uh, it came from, so uh, again, talking of Joe Rogan, like despite the fact that after COVID, I really didn't start keep following him because of just some of the things he said and, you know, how America was treating COVID and et cetera, et cetera. But... There was a fantastic book of a lady that uh, was on a sh- show, um, Annie Jacobson, uh, with her book Surprise, Kill, Vanish, which is a history of the CIA. Okay. Okay. I'm going deep here. This is, this, is, this is all true from Annie's book. I love that you've done this level of research. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. No, this is just in my brain. Um, so... The truth of why 9-11 happened. Okay, so approximately 92-91, there was an agent on the ground in Afghanistan doing investigation, as the CIA CIA agents do. And he rang his handler, probably on a sat-nav phone or got a message to his handler, which went back to Langley and said, hey, look, there's this guy, his name's Osama Bin Laden, we need to kill him. They were like, cool, pass us up the chain. Note, memo, lands on then-President Bill Clinton's desk, and he says, like, we've got an operative in the field, Um, the operative is recommending that we kill this guy. Bill's response is... America doesn't assassinate people anymore and proceeded to tomahawk the shit out of Afghanistan, probably killing way more people and, and disrupting the entire network that Al-Qaeda was building. Now, and then it took them 10 years from uh, 91, 92 to 2001 where 9-11 happens. Um, planes hit buildings and Pentagon and etc. etc. The issue is, is why... There was such a public outcry and why Bill decided Tomahawks was better than a singular bullet is because when Nixon was in office and the whole Watergate scandal happened, Mm -hmm. one of the the information that was released to the public and the media was the clandestine operations that the CIA were conducting. And therefore, the American public was so outraged about the fact that um, America was out there in the world assassinating people that um, presidents from then on were like, no, America doesn't do that anymore. That was like, that was old school, like we're new school, we're not doing that shit. So, I wonder, and I, have a th- I don't have a theory, but it would be interesting to go over it. At what point in time does... Kermit not being born, Watergate, 
Bill Clinton and Osama bin Laden all like, where's the where's the red string attached there? That's what I want to know. What? Right. You're just like confused and. No, I'm just talking. So the original Muppet movie came out in 1979. Yeah. You're looking at when Nick when Watergate happened. It was yeah. 60 something, wasn't it? Uh no, it was in the 70s. I was trying to figure out how. So no, it was definitely before Kermit the Frog. Um, because it was. Um, Nixon's um. Term of office was 72 to 74. Tricky dick. So it was. That's five years before. Um, Kermit the Frog's origin story. Oh. Uh, so it's not water. So it's somewhere after Watergate. Yeah, it's somewhere after Watergate. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Are any of the Muppets veterans. <laughs> Probably. Or any of them CIA operatives. I mean, uh, I know you know in Disney, um, Donald Duck has a has a. That's true. He was in the naval, Navy. Naval career. Um. Oh, uh, can you remember Waldorf and... Stotler and Waldorf? W- were they veterans? Could have they been ex-CIA agents? <laughs> I don't know. Where was Stotler and Waldorf? This is like... I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to like look this up as I, as we go because I wasn't expecting this line of questioning. Um, You're the one that's up to date on... Well, Waldorf apparently was on the Titanic. That doesn't make sense. Does it? Well, <laughs> some of the characters are still like children and they've been around since the 70s and yeah. it's like in the 2000s, so I guess the Muppets... Had... Yeah, so it's a Waldorf... Um, right, so there was an episode of The Muppet Show where Stotler told Waldorf that he needed to get his old army uniform. So Waldorf served in the US military. So that's how that's where the connection lies. So you think you think Waldorf... Yeah, join the Muppets instead of going back and becoming a CIA agent. Oh my god! I figured it out, folks. You figured it out, but he's but in the in the movie he appears. He's like an old man in a, in a nightclub buying drinks for yeah young girls. It would yeah, be, but that's that's present day. Yeah, I'm saying somewhere so he, between somewhere between 1979 and 2002. Yeah, he killed Osama bin Laden. <laughs> Probably got them too. Oh my god! When did Waldorf join the Muppets? Um, sorry, this is gonna be terrible audio because I'm like looking it up. So they first appeared in 1975 in the Muppet Show. Oh, so hang on, 75. So the Muppet movie. Sorry, I didn't realize the Muppet Show was around before the Muppet movie. Um, so hang on, when did the Muppet Show start? Because then maybe Kermit actually was involved in Watergate. Yeah. Um, or one of the Muppets was involved in Watergate. Well, this says it's the first episode aired in nineteen seventy six, but then the other thing said that Walt Stotler and Waldorf first appeared in the Muppet Show in nineteen seventy five. Hang on. Hang on. That doesn't add up. We found a Mandela effect in the timeline of the Muppets. All right, no, it must be oh, because there was something called the Muppet Show: Sex and Violence, which came out in what. In, <laughs> so they definitely were involved with uh, it was the Kennedys. The, it was least. the second of two pilots for The Muppet Show. Oh. So it was a television special called um, The Muppets Sex and Violence. Oh, it was a parody on the proliferation of sex and violence on television. Interesting. With Muppets representing the seven deadly sins. Well, I'm sticking with Waldorf Grotted Osama Bin Laden. I mean, it's possible. In the early 90s. Because, I mean, Waldorf, if Waldorf joined the Muppets in 75... Yeah. Then... And if there was no Muppets without Kermit... Yeah, therefore... I would have thought... What's Sam the Eagle been up to that? Because I would have thought he has a military career as well. Would you not think so? Maybe. Maybe he's just a really stoic dude. You know, it is the American way. Yeah. Right? The Americans don't assassinate people anymore. <laughs> I, it would, I wouldn't put it past... Sam the Eagle to assassinate someone. Jack, yeah. Re- Jack Reacher, Shadow Agent. I do like the idea of it being Waldorf, then. Yeah. I do like that. 
Um, it's not coming up when I think for Sandy Eagle's military career. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't have one. It might just be Maybe it's just wrong. blacklisted like an XIA agent. True, true. <laughs> Picked out a son of a lot of But I mean, here's, here's the deal, right? Um, I mean, if you're saying Waldorf joined the Muppets instead of becoming a CIA agent or going back and becoming a CIA agent. Yeah. That could be literally any of the Muppets. It's true. Because any of them could have ended up, you know, in the CIA if they hadn't been, um, if they hadn't ended up in the Muppet show. Yeah. There's another possibility as well that, um, that the, no, because the targets always were supposed to be public. I was going to say, then the attack still happened at the same time, except they just didn't take out the Twin Towers. But no, it, had, it was public. And the Twin Towers had been attacked before by Al-Qaeda. Hmm. So, or maybe they had more intel and stopped that plane. You're saying that Bush didn't get elected. That's quite possible. That's interesting. Because literally every single like secret agency in the world that keeps track of like terrorists and movement we're all like hey America you've got like terrorists in your borders like you should probably do something about it and they're like yeah. no that's fine yeah so it could literally be that a different president um though Bush would have still been president in 2002 right so um yeah there's no no there's no nothing to indicate who is president at that time can the Muppets movie. be president I suppose so well, we know Sam the Eagle, who's the one who, you know, he would be the one to run for president. That's he's true. not president because he's in that nightclub true. dancing like a weirdo. Yeah. Um, Interesting. But what about if Doc Hopper became <laughs> like It's like the Trump era, but started early with the frog legs guy. Yeah. Um, or, I mean, anyone that they interacted with some previous movies because none of those previous movies happened if if Kermit was never born it's true I'm surprised I said it to you I'm surprised that, that the Muppets that we see are all in New York at the time um, because if Kermit's not around then when did they take Manhattan true. You know what I mean? they didn't <laughs> they didn't come as they didn't travel there as a as yeah. a group they weren't escaping on a boat while Jason Voorhees was under the water yeah yeah Exactly. Um, so it's the sp- only movie he uses a projectile weapon because he shoots to do with a crossbow. Okay. Random fact for you. I don't think Kermit uses a crossbow in Muppet's version of it. True. He does get amnesia though. Where is it? What point does he get amnesia? Kermit. Yeah. In Manhattan. Oh, you're talking, you're talking about a different movie that we didn't watch today. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Sorry, you, we were talking about Muppets Take Manhattan for a second there. Sorry, I was talking about <laughs> Jason Voorhees. Um, <laughs> similar, but different. Um, the it's a Wonderful Life is... On oh, we FBI watch list. Is it actually? Yes. What? Why? <laughs> what? I don't speak... You know, since we're, since we're talking about... The CIA. What well, was it on FBI watch list? Um, so in 1947, an FBI analyst submitted it to, to a running memo on communist infiltration of the motion picture industry um, because of its uh, obvious attempt to discredit bankers, which is part of the communist agenda and a common trick used by communists, allegedly. Yes. So it's a wonderful life because because the villain is a banker, it, um, it got put on an FBI watch list. For those who don't know, the story of It's a Wonderful Life is Jimmy Stewart running around stopping one dude from owning everything. Yeah. And basically making himself poor and his family poor by doing that to the point where um, he loses $8,000 and it's over. He's going to go to jail. Um and it turns out he's worth more dead than alive because he's got a um, $15,000 life insurance. Yeah. Um, like the... He is definitely like the ultraist, like good guy. And he obviously got it from his father because he thought his father, when his father was alive, was an idiot. Mm-hmm. But then facing Potter, the evil... 
Were even millionaires a thing? I don't know. I mean, Mr. Potter offers them a salary of $20,000, which, presuming, because they said it's like the people who have done the math on this said it's unclear exactly what year that's supposed to have taken place, but it's before the war. So they're they're estimating 1939, which is equivalent to $372,807 US dollars in 2020. Uh, which I worked out is equivalent to six hundred and five thousand New Zealand dollars. Yeah. As a as an annual salary, starting. Just to get rid of, like, how much <laughs> money could the fact that he's not letting like because the whole thing is like he's supporting people with low interest loans so they can save five thousand dollars. Well, so they because they, they can't save five thousand dollars to buy houses. Also. Fuck you for having $5,000 houses. <laughs> um, um, Again, inflation. Yeah, yeah. You know. No, 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 no. Inflation has not increased um, that much. And they're, you know, rurally based in the United States. It's not that rural. They have an airport. Because otherwise, how is brother get in town? So they have an airport, which his is called... Bro- uh, his brother actually... flew in. Yeah, but the Navy... or the Yeah, the Navy flew in. He was in Washington. Yeah, but the, they said the Navy flew him in. So that doesn't make sense. It Navy. means that there's no, not necessarily a commercial airport nearby. Because he, because when... What, are they paradrop him? Well, when George needed to go to Europe, he had to get a train. True, so they don't have an They airport. don't have an international airport. I wouldn't say international, it could have been domestic. Yeah, well, I, there's no True. sign of an actual airport anywhere um, that you see. He has to get a train to somewhere too. So maybe the brother flew in to a close town and got the train. Yeah. Or a car. Yeah, because he showed up with someone else, so someone brought him there. Yeah, right. So, but still, like, it's it's interesting because yeah, this this whole like what you've mentioned about the communist agenda, it's not <laughs> communism. It's just like the guy owns the bank, the media, like he owns everything, and he's like the one place that's trying keeping him from. Literally changing the name of the town. Yeah, because when, when there's no George Bailey around, it's Pottersville. Yeah. And he everywhere is nightclubs and bars. Yeah. And it's the same in uh, It's a Very Merry Mobile Christmas. It's a Very Merry Mobile Christmas. I'm never going to get to say it. Yeah. First time. Um, but yeah, because uh, Joan Cusack's character, Bitterman, who is also a banker, um, in the, the version where Kermit never existed, like Central Park is now a mall. Yeah. And everywhere else is nightclubs and um, the uh, places where they can make make money. The Muppet Theatre is Dot? Dot, yeah. yeah. I, that's a great throwaway line where he's like, is this the Muppet Theatre? And he's like, no, can't you read? And it's just like a black circle. He's like, it's Dot. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. Um, the... I think I talked about this... Did I talk about this in the last episode? What was the last episode? It's Avatar. No, it's oh. not. No, it wasn't. That's two episodes ago. Jesus. Uh, it was the other Christmas one. Yeah. So, <laughs> not the previous episode, but the episode before this about older movies and pacing. Um, again, like I said, well, and Lisa said, uh, the reveal that his, he, he never wants to be born is at an hour and 45 minutes and there's 26, 28 minutes left of the movie. It's so less than half an hour left of the movie. And so much shit happens. But, like, I understand you're building relationships but and you're understanding what kind of man Jimmy Stewart is. Um, it's not his name, but it's what I'm going to call him from now on. Yep. Um, Kermit can play Kermit. Jimmy Stewart's playing Jimmy Stewart. Um... Like, some of the pacing's really weird. The There's scenes in it that are just really, really fucked up. Like, because um, one, of, one of the characters he touches, not literally, I mean, like, through his life, mm-hmm. when he's a boy, he's working at a pharmacy. Right. And he stops the old pharmacist whose son has just died from poisoning a child and spending 20 years in prison and becoming the, like, town drunk. Yeah, yeah. His son had, uh, his son died of Spanish flu. Yeah. But, like, in the scene, when he's explaining it to him, he just beats the shit out of him. 
And you're like, what the fuck is happening? This is his boss. Like, yeah. this isn't a family member. This is a very drunk, sad old man yeah. who, who is, thinks he's lost business because of the stupid child. Yeah. And then he realizes that the child has actually saved him from going to prison and, yeah. from, and saved someone else's life. Because that's another person who, I mean, I know in the the version of the world without George Bailey, um, you see what's become of the uh, the pharmacist, you know, that he's been, he was in prison for 20 years and he's, yeah. you know, drunk and unsheltered and um, no, you know, people are just mocking him and trying to kick him out of places. But um, you also get a, a glimpse and it's just a throwaway line of what happened, uh, which is that he killed a child. Yeah. So, um... It's another person whose life was saved by George Bailey because they, you know, they they emphasized that his brother was saved by him and that the men that his brother saved died without the brother there. But it's it's very kind of throwaway this that this other child was killed at that time. Yeah, the more extreme version would have been that like he isn't born and because his brother isn't a war hero and. Busted and killed Hitler with a flamethrower. You have America controlled by Nazis. <laughs> I like mean, man yeah, the high they could have done that, I, but I don't think his brother was that much. Of, like, I don't think he was. Yeah. You know, to that extent, he wasn't inglorious bastards. No, but he was. Um, but he did save a whole battalion of men. Yeah. Um, who then lost their lives because his brother died at, yeah. as a nine-year-old. Um, it's really like, like yeah, okay, like some of the characters that like don't have great lives in the Muppet movie, um, but yeah, it's it's super dark. What happens in A Wonderful Life? Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's a wonderful. Yeah, but I'd say that like there probably are people whose lives have been saved, like genuinely in real life, people whose lives have been saved by Kermit the Frog. True. Um, which might sound like ridiculous, but you know. The Muppets are very important to a lot of people, and there probably are people for whom, you know, things could have gone differently for them had they not had the messages from those movies. What's wrong? You're okay. <laughs> okay. You're looking glassy-eyed. <laughs> it's because we're talking about sad stuff. Leave yeah. me alone. Okay. Um, no, but genuinely, I mean, you know, you see it in that... Um, where Kermit goes to sit down and I, you know, they don't say Kermit's trying to take his own life, but he does just sit out on a bench in the cold in like the height of winter and literally freezes. So, you know, he gets, um, when Daniel shows up, he, he thinks he's too late and has to thaw him out. Yeah. Um, so the implication is there without, without expressly saying it, because it would be not a great thing to say in a Muppet movie, I guess, that Kermit yeah. the Frog is suicidal. Um, Depending on the species of frog, Kermit is it in fact because there are some South American fro- no it's not South America North American frogs well he's North American which um, correct me if I'm wrong anybody who's a frog expert um, can freeze solid and then and then when frost the defrost comes they just like hmm. perfectly fine maybe that's what he was doing then she's going into hibernation okay fair enough um, but either way, the the uh, statue. Fuck you guys! I'm hibernating. The statue that he goes up to first is a statue of Kermit with two children, and it says, um, "You know, for the lovers, the dreamers, and you." Yeah. Which is obviously um, reference to the Rainbow Connection, which is a song from the the 1979 movie, um, which is a song that has a lot of a lot of hope, and you know, I think there's a lot of people, um, who really I don't know have got really good messages out of the Muppets over the years. Fair enough. So I would say, you know, I can probably put money on it that there's been at least one life saved by Kermit the Frog in real life. Yeah. Um. So you know, that's those are people. I know it's not shown in the movie, but I'd say there would be people who would not exist in that Kermitless universe. Mm. Maybe one of them is George Bush. <laughs> no, um, but you know what I mean. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know anymore. Um, Let's get away from the dark topics, maybe. Yeah, well, that's the problem. Like, the tonal shift at, at the end is just like, oh, okay, everybody like gets together um, and how do the... 
No, what happens at the end of the Muppet version? So at the end of the Muppet version, Kermit realizes that the, the Muppets and the, you know, the people are more important mm-hmm. than the building. And he goes back and, you know, he's, he's telling them that and Fozzie's all upset because he's like, no, you're going to remember that I failed you. And he's like, no, no, you're more important to me than the building. But in the meantime, Pepe has gone um, to City Hall or wherever and gotten oh, a yeah, permit to yeah. turn it into a historical landmark. So, um, but then how does that work with the, the next movie that we watched? Uh, if there's a historical <laughs> landmark, how is it under threat because they forgot to pay the bill again? Uh, so, the Muppets, so the Muppets, the, to the, whenever that was, 2010 or around then, um, I think that that one is... They're going to lose the Muppet... Studios in oh, Los the Angeles. Studios, not the theater. Yeah, so the theater, the theater. The theater. This one just... is in New York, and that in that one, it's a studio, like a studio near Universal. That's the thing that I've learned about Muppets. That's the one takeaway. Which is what they have a very diverse property portfolio. <laughs> one of those things you got to do when you're a Muppet. Yeah, yeah. Invest in property. Yeah. Um. But like like George Bailey, they're constantly going broke because yeah. they care more about people than money. Can I point out one thing that is never ever like there's no there's no justice for it. What? Potts is the one who steals the eight thousand dollars. Yeah, Mister Potter literally steals it, and he owns the bank, so yeah. the money is with the bank. Yeah. The whole time. But he's like, oh, well, there's a discrepancy with your account, so the DA are there, and they're going to arrest you, and now I'm going to ring the yeah, police because, chief. Yeah, because George to... Bailey, because he cares so much about other people, doesn't dob his Uncle Billy in and yeah. says that he misplaced the money. Yeah. So because he's got that confession for him, even though he knows that he's not going to misplace the money, he's like, uh-huh, well, I'm going to tell the, the cops that you were misappropriating funds. And, you know, obviously he's got a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like, what's if twenty thousand is like six hundred thousand? If twenty grand is like three hundred sixty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, what's eight grand worth? Like, hundred and fifty thousand. Hundred and twenty-five. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred twenty. He just like handed yeah. him accidentally handed him a hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, and he's just gonna what? Put it in his like spare jacket pocket and make it like. I mean, he's a thief. Okay. Yeah, no, but I'm saying, I'm saying, like, he's calling the police and the DA on him because yeah. eight thousand dollars has gone missing, and yeah. he's just gotten eight thousand dollars, which is roughly the equivalent of one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, and he's just going to magic into his pocket and it's going to disappear. Mm. Like, I don't care how good your banking is, you like anybody, you at home, me, I don't care what your income is, if you accidentally received over a hundred thousand dollars, you either declare that. If you have a similar tax system like New Zealand, and I, I know how America's tax system works, which which is shocking because I don't think a lot of Americans know how it works because they just don't teach you, because uh, they don't want you to know. Um, so that's why they can take more of your money. That's why billionaires don't have to pay taxes, folks. Um, or the weird thing that I found out the other day, sorry, I'm just going on a random tangent on mm-hmm. top of my tangent, so we're three tangents in here. Um, any more tangents, I'll be falling out of my hands. Sanitarium is listed as a charity what? and don't the, have to pay taxes. The Marmite people. The cereal, the massive international billion dollar cereal company. So. How? Because apparently it started as a um, weird charity. Okay. That's so we've got weird. Nestle who steal water. Sanitarium that possibly, I don't know if they pay taxes in New Zealand and Australia, but I know in some countries they don't have to. Kellogg's that had all their staff, like, refused to work and, like, striked for ages until the company, like, caved because they were working six days a week and were, like, basically forced to get fired if they wanted to take sick leave or bereavement leave. Man, cereal's bad for you. Yeah, I was going to say, you just shouldn't buy cereal is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Well, we haven't been lately, right? No, and the only cereal I've bought in the last X amount of months would have to be um, a New Zealand growing oat 
thing. Mm. Uh, Harold's, which is the same one that the the Whitakers went with the oat milk. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that's the only thing I bought cereal-wise, because I just don't eat cereal, because I don't think cereal's great, because one, it was invented by a guy who invented it so kids wouldn't touch themselves. Yep. Yeah. Don't know Mr. how... Mr. Kellogg. I don't know how eating wheat bicks makes you hornier as a child. That sounded really wrong when it was said out of my mouth. It makes you non... non it's to stop people from having sex. How? Because they don't have the low GI? I don't know. It's low GI, folks. That's how it is. It was... Cornflakes were designed to stop people from having sex. Yeah. So you could eat sugar, because then you got lots of energy. You eat compacted, compacted bricks of wheat, and you get tired because your body's spending all the energy dissolving that giant brick you've eaten. Is that what it is? And then you just kind of get frisky? And it was cornflakes. It was cornflakes were the ones that were specifically designed to stop you from having sex. So I don't know. I don't know the science behind it. He was a science man. I'm he not a science He was a science man. man. She was a girl. Oh, my God. <laughs> um... Well, we've gone all over the show, folks. Yep. That's all, folks. No, wait, that's a different show. Um, have you got anything else to say? I mean, I don't know. Um, we've, we've covered a lot of stuff. I we think. watched it in colour. We watched the we Blu-ray. We did. That, that, I've never, I don't believe I'd ever seen it in colour before. Right. Um, and I'd looked into that, so it was... Um, Colorized originally in 1986, but um, Frank Capra hated it and Jimmy Stewart hated it. And uh, I don't have the quote written down, but he says something about like Disney vomiting all over it. Like, I think it was like very oh, colorful. So they just like technicolored the shit out of it. Yeah, I think they yeah. technicolored the shit out of it. So then um, it was pulled from distribution in 1993 um, when the film's copyright was restored. But then um, Paramount Pictures released a new colorized version in 2007, which is what we've watched. And actually, I think it looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, you'd know that it was colorized from black and white footage. Um, but it's not, like, in your face. Yeah, it's... The only reason you'd know is skin tones. Yeah. Um, which, like, I've colorized old photos, and it's very hard to get skin to look like skin. When you're skin. when you're converting it from black and white and like manually, it's also doing the color. lighting as well. Um, if it's black and white, you tend unless someone's like there being like, "This is the same color as my grandmother's skin." Um, you yeah. don't know about ethnic like pigmenting. Right, right, but it's yeah, it's very much um, you know, but like skin isn't even colored. Yeah. Um, you know, you get different. Which is why, until recently, it was very, very difficult to CGI skin properly. Mm. And that's why faces look like terrible Yeah, so if you're doing... Monster people. It's, it's actually very... It, there's, there's ways to get from black and white footage or, or um, pictures. It's very... There are ways to figure out what colour different things were. So, like, all the, like, dresses and things and that will be coloured... The, the correct color because you can actually find that out through the the shades in the actual picture yeah um but skin tone just comes across as very flat yeah you have to do a lot more work on it and then but then if you put too much work in it it's obvious that it's not real yeah um so i think they did a pretty good job i think mary's skin looked really natural i think jimmy stewart's skin didn't always look very natural it's probably weird that i was like analyzing what their skin looks like um <laughs> but um yeah, I think they did, the colorization was pretty well done. Um, so do you want to just do trivias, trivias? Yeah. Um, so, oh yeah, so this, I like this one just because I thought it was fun. It was, um, you know, the scene where Mary and uh, George are at the old house, like when they're after the dance? Oh, when they're, they're full grown teenagers. Yeah. yeah, and they're throwing rocks at the thing. Um, the scene where, where uh, Donna Reed, who's the actress who played Mary, had to throw a rock through the window. Frank Capra hired a marksman to shoot, t- shoot the window out on cue. Yeah. 
but she actually broke it with her first throw of the thing nice. because she had played baseball in high school nice. and had a good throwing arm. So she so she surprised everyone on set when she threw the rock and actually smashed the window with it. And they're like, well, we hired this guy to shoot it. Do you know, that's a, you bring up that point, but I would like to throw some random unrelated movie trivia yeah, um, sure. because we're never going to do it on the podcast. Uh, in Alien Resurrection, when Sigourney Weaver, my favourite, throws the basketball backwards over her head. It actually goes in. And that's where you can see uh, Ron Perlman lose, like, break character because he's so <laughs> impressed. <laughs> I mean, Sigourney Weaver is pretty impressive. Yeah. So that's, that's believable. Um, the other one was the um, the bit where Uncle Billy is, is drunk, you know, where he, like, can't find his hat and then he's yeah. like which one's mine the third one the, the yeah. middle one yeah um and then he walks off scene and there's all the crashing and he's yeah. like oh i'm all right i'm okay that wasn't planned um when he when he walked off when he walked off set um a member of the crew dropped a tray of props by accident <laughs> um and then the actor improvised the i'm okay line so it sounds like he's just like walked into a pile of trash cans or something um, oh thank God that was annoying the crap out of me. What was it? Oh popcorn. Popcorn. I had a popcorn in my in my tooth. Oh no. For the entire second movie because we scoffed all our snacks. <laughs> um and then, yeah. So so Jimmy's Jimmy Stewart laughing at it was natural as well. It's actually Jimmy yeah. Stewart laughing at it, but it's believable. And they decided to keep the keep it in, and they gave a uh, ten dollar bonus to the stagehand for improving <laughs> the sound. Which back in those days would have been worth money. Yeah, yeah. It would have been a little bit more money than, like, what are you saying? It's about $125 adjusted for inflation. Yeah. Um, they actually, so they won for this movie, for It's a Wonderful Life, the effects department won a Class 3 Scientific or Technical Award from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences because uh, before this film was made, um, when there was falling snow in a movie, they would use cornflakes. Back to cornflakes. Oh God! Painted, it's all circular. Yeah, cornflakes painted white. Um, but because cornflakes are so loud, dialogue had to be dubbed in later. Yeah. So for this movie, they, they decided. Um. Okay, so Frank Capra basically wanted to record the sound live. Yeah. So they developed a new snow effect using um foam light, soap, and water and pumping it at high pressure through a wind machine to create a silent falling snow. They used 6,000 gallons of it on the film. So that's better, what, better than what they did in... Um, uh, what's the movie called? I don't know what movie you're talking uh, about. Alice in Wonderland. No, it's not Alice in Wonderland. Uh, Oz. Um, uh, Wizard of Oz? Wizard of Oz. Because there's asbestos that they use in that. Oh, no! Yeah, so she's just lying there. <laughs> well, getting... that's earlier, right? That's the 30s. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm saying. It's better than asbestos. Yeah, yeah. It's raining a spit like literally powderized asbestos on people. Well, this this was then used as the the film snow going forward for a while. So they got that award for developing the new film snow technique. Nice. Which is pretty cool. Uh, it's ranked as the number one most inspirational movie of all time by the American Film Institute. Yeah. Also, co communist propaganda. Um, true and appropriate uh, for us because we um, live we're in... communists no, no, why no. didn't you tell me we live in New Zealand <laughs> where it is summer at Christmas oh god it's yeah um, and we're as, as people listening to the podcast will be aware we're often complaining of recording in summer and how hot it is yeah um, despite It's a Wonderful Life being set at Christmas um, it was filmed in the middle of a heat wave and one of the days it was so hot on set that they had to give everyone a day off the next day to recuperate. Jesus. Because of how hard it was to Yeah, because they're all wearing, like, yeah, winter wearing full attire. Winter clothes yeah. And getting fake snowed on. Yeah. In the middle of a heat wave. <laughs> Gross. Not fun. Um, and then a fun, a fun little trivia fact, which is that, because um, George says he wants to go to college to learn how to build things. So we talk about, like, engineering, I think. But, um,. James Stewart actually has a degree in architecture. Interesting. So that was nice. Um, and I mentioned, I didn't take it down as a note, but I mentioned that Jimmy Stewart was suffering from PTSD at the time of shooting because yeah. um, it was his first film after um, fighting in the war. And uh, apparently he said it was very cathartic to act at the, um, the scene where he's getting really angry and like kicking things and stuff. No, that's good. Um, he's kind of good for his own. 
PTSD. That's good. The Muppet movie, I mean, we already talked about my favorite piece of movie trivia, which is that Kermit the Frog calls 9-11. Yeah. Um, I think we've probably discussed that more than most people have. Um, the movie, so you, as you, you were probably aware, the movie was aired on television. It was a made-for-TV movie, and it aired on NBC. Yeah. Um, and they make a nod to that. Um, with uh, when they're complaining, when they're you know complaining about, um, Bitterman and saying like, how could she own all these things? And they they're talking about corporate greed, or whatever. And then Kermit crosses his feet, and on his foot he's got the NBC logo. Oh, I didn't miss that. Sorry. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. you made like a scoff noise at that's so why I thought you saw. Oh, it. maybe I did see it, and I just didn't process it at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but because but there's like a whole lot of references to NBC, um, as a result of it airing on NBC, and um, whenever it shows on other stations in America, they cut out all the NBC references. Wow. So like the when they go up into heaven. Or, or, sorry, when, when Daniel is going up to the boss's office, yeah. it, it plays, when he presses the keypad, it plays the NBC. Jesus. Like, noise. Um, and there's other stuff about, like, uh, oh, you like Fear Factor was airing on NBC, yeah. I think, at the time. And so I don't know, was Scrubs NBC? It must, must have, been. have been. Yeah. Um, so that's fun. Um, Snoop Dogg filmed a cameo appearance, but his scene was deleted. Um, and Kermit the Frog later said in an interview that um, it, it was deleted because of Snoop Dogg's involvement in doggy style, which was they considered it to they considered it inappropriate to have him appear in a Muppet movie. Well, I thought the, the Kermit just got so high that he couldn't remember <laughs> just where he put the tape. That would be my. That's, that's probably just Kermit's cover story for the media. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's also notably this is the first. Muppet movie where the roles of Fozzie, Piggy, and Animal are not played by Frank Oz. Mm. Um, which is a fact I hadn't thought about much bef- when I'd seen it before, but I knew about it going into it this time. Um, and I think uh, the guy, so Eric Jacobson, who's he's now those characters permanently, he also is Sam the Eagle now, but in that movie, someone else played Sam the Eagle. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't know that that's not Frank Oz. No. Right? He sounds just like just like him. So he started out, um, Eric Jacobson started out as an intern on Sesame Street, I think, in the early 90s. Um, and then because he was so skilled at puppeteering, they brought him on as a puppeteer. And then because he had the same vocal range as Frank Oz, they started getting him to do um, Bert and Grover um, on days where Frank Oz was sick or couldn't come to set because he was doing directing or something else. Um, so by the time this movie came out, he'd already fully taken over those characters on Sesame Street. And then, um, in 2000 or 2001, one of the other, Frank Oz officially retired from, um, voicing, uh, Piggy and Fozzie and Animal and Sam. I got some trivia for you. Yep. Bert and Ernie, uh, characters. Yeah, I know, yeah. It's true. It's true. I was looking into that and it's like. It seems to be like really divisive. Um, Whether it's like intentional or non intentional. Yeah, because someone claimed that um, It's a Wonderful Life was Jim Henson's favourite movie. Right. And then he named them after that. And then someone else who worked with Jim Henson was like, yeah, he'd seen the movie, but Jim like was really bad at remembering details. Yeah. Um, and then someone else was like, no, I was there when the characters were named and they were just, people just said, oh, he looks like a bird, he looks like an Ernie. It wasn't. So apparently it's entirely coincidental. Um, and Jim Henson obviously isn't around anymore to, to answer <laughs> to, the question. To, to, to <laughs> bring him on the, bring him on the podcast to ask. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, but I, but it is funny that like we were comparing It's Wonderful Life to a Muppet movie yeah. and Bert and Ernie were yeah. two of the characters in It's Wonderful Life. Um, and there is a moment where it's like they're, the two of them are talking to, to each other to talk about George Bailey and what's going on. And it's like, Hey look, it's Bert and Ernie on screen. Well, I got nothing. You got nothing? Oh, it's getting very warm in here and I'm getting very sweaty. <laughs> oh no, it's a heat wave. <laughs> Localized entirely. In this <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have a budget or box office for the Muppet one because it's... I think it would be completely irrelevant because yeah. one's made for TV and the other one was made in the... Exactly, exactly. And also, um, I think the numbers I have for It's a Wonderful Life are adjusted for inflation. As yeah. far as where they are adjusted for inflation. So the budget was two point seven million and the overall international box office was ten point eight million. Yeah. Um but it is like a classic Christmas movie. 
I know certainly in Ireland it's on TV like all the time around Christmas every year. I think probably it's the same here. Um, I remember seeing some of the movie in black and white on television, but then again, like it was a one time of year that I could spend a lot of time with my cousins and being that we like stayed on like 16 square acres, like hanging around inside in summer watching a black and white Christmas movie was never on the agenda as Yeah, kids. yeah, of course. It's, you know, it is summer here yeah. <laughs> for that. So it's a little bit different to, um, you know, Northern Hemisphere where you're, you know, indoors and trying to get warm and, yeah. you know, watch watch Christmas movies with the family. That makes sense. Yeah. Either siding with the, the I was going to say crackets, but that's not the right word. Um, uh, crumpets, Cr- craisins. What are you talking Jim, about? Cratchit, Cratchit. Oh, Bob Cratchit. Yeah, you were either siding with Cratchit, so you're like, fuck those poor people. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you, that's yeah. that's it. You watch, you watch a, ver- a pick a version of a Christmas Carol, and then you you decide yeah. whether you're a Scrooge or a thing. yeah. I mean, Mr. Potter clearly a Scrooge. Yeah. George Bailey, I guess, is a is a Cratchit. Yeah. Um. Right. Anyway. That's about it. We need to try and figure out if there's like summer Christmas movies that we can watch for the podcast one of the years. We could just watch Die Hard, the best Christmas movie. That's also not summer though. But also what would you compare that to? Yeah, I'm just I'm just suggesting we just watch Die oh, Hard. Oh yeah, we'll watch it as a, just as us. Oh saying. wait, uh, we also have to watch uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. Classic Christmas movie, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um... Do you know what I think doesn't exist in this world? What? Talking of weird parallels. I don't think anybody's favourite Die Hard movie is the second one. Okay. And if, if, if your favourite <laughs> Die Hard movie is in fact two, let us know in the comments below. Join our Discord. The uh, link is in the description slash notes slash whatever is yeah. on this platform that you're listening to us on. Yeah, so the, the link to our Discord is in our show notes. It's on our website. Uh, it is in our Twitter bio now. Um, what is our website link then? It takes two dot nz. Where can they find us on Instagram and Twitter? Yeah, and... Twitter and Instagram. We are it takes two underscore pod on Facebook where it takes two pod just remember which one was the underscore (laughs) um yeah and we have like I said the discord we have a discord um where you can come and join us and discuss episodes discuss movies you want to see us cover in the future we want to know where you're from yeah because we on our little map of seeing where people are listening to us from there's all over the place except Antarctica which is still uh, 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 under my skin but that's fine um, we'll get there eventually. Someone yeah. in Antarctica will listen to an episode and it will be wonderful. Yeah, they'll probably get limited Wi-Fi. Yeah. That's probably why they're not downloading copious amounts Yeah, they haven't got fiber obscure, down there. Obscure <laughs> podcasts while working. Um, yeah, but, you know, um, you can, if you want, you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to us or a rating or uh, just come talk to us on Discord. Tell us what you think of the podcast, of the episodes. Uh, share pictures of your pet. Look at pictures of our pet. Um, etc etc thank you for joining us and we'll catch you next time goodbye